How's it going, everybody? We got to keep this intro real short because we got to get into this because some huge news just broke moments before we went on the air. I'm Luke. Here's Joe. I'm Joe. Jared. And we're joined by Jared. And yes. The Sabres just traded Ryan O'Reilly. Oh. We were about to start, <laughs> and we were thinking, oh, man, like they didn't trade <laughs> O'Reilly. It's going to be a depressing episode. We're going to be talking about, hey, what's going on? Yeah. O'Reilly doesn't move, but, you know, we got – bombshell out of TSN that Ryan O'Reilly's been traded to the Blues and we've just been patiently waiting to find the return. Yeah, I'm, I'm speechless. I feel like I've gotten everything out of me, but it's just what a haul. We gotta get into that. Yes. So, uh, what we they, got. They got a 2019 first round pick. We're not sure if it's lottery protected yet. A 2021 second round pick. Tage Thompson, who was a 2016 first round pick by the Blues. I believe he was like 26th overall. Yeah, it was uh, Vladimir Sabotka and Patrick Berglund. And I think Berglund is sweet, so it'll fit in nice. Yeah. Sabotka. Sabotka is like a pretty small, like skilled guy. I remember, uh, I think it was last year actually that he came back over from yeah. Russia and yeah. then he like stepped right in in the playoffs and he was one of the Blues' best players. In that yeah, season. I think that was last year. Wild. And he had, he had an overtime winner yeah. in yeah. like game two or something in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, he he returned for like the final ten games of the season. And since, like he, since then, he's been one of my uh, he's been one of my favorite guys. But uh, wow, where do we go? Where do we go from here? Did the Sabers get better today? I th- uh, I mean maybe not like this season because I don't know exactly if Tage Thompson. I imagine he'll start in Rochester. I mean he can maybe you know crack a bottom six spot, but. I mean, just kind of given how Botterill's been, I could definitely see him starting in Rochester. I don't think that Saboka and Berglund, you know, like they'll, they're definitely, you know, helping and making the team better now than if they were to get like the third overall pick or something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously they're not going to fill probably what Ryan O'Reilly would have done this year. But overall, I don't think that they got that much worse this year, especially considering all the other pieces stepping in. And then, I mean, you're getting you have three first round picks next year now, two seconds in 2020, I believe it was mm-hmm. something like that. And then, I mean, H Thompson's another nice prospect to add to the pool. Now, another thing is three first round picks. Yeah. That is serious. Material. They're not going to be making three selections. Yeah. Right? Same, same. So that, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded one, but I don't want to, I, if they went into the draft with all three first round picks, I'd be perfectly fine with it. Because, oh, yeah. you know, I trust Bottrell to make the right moves, but, you know, we've been down that road before. We had three first round picks in 2015. And looking hindsight 2020, of course, but, you know, looking back on that, it would have been nice if they drafted and kept all three of those first round picks. The second now, rounder is in 2021, by the way. Yeah, so, I'm right. That's pretty funny. Right. But Tage Thompson played, I believe, 41 games with the Blues last year. He played many games in the AHL. So, I mean, if you can play for the St. Louis Blues yeah. in a bottom six role, I wouldn't be surprised if he can step in. And, yeah. of course, he's he's got the size, too. He's I was a huge fan of him uh, two years ago with the World Juniors with yeah. USA. They really they won it. Mm-hmm. Now, and who, he was point per game for UConn the two years he was there as well. So, you know, they got a player there. Of course, he's not as good as Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and some of their other top prospects. But, you know, they, they got a real prospect in Tage Thompson. For sure. And there's there's going to be the crowd out there who always wants to get bigger. Tage Thompson is 6'5". Yeah, he's huge. That's, that's pretty good. And they 
you know, they lost the top six centermen, but I think Berglund can play center. So there's your option to keep Middlestad as your third line center next season. I think Sobotka might play a little center as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Definitely, I think, like you said, there are two guys that can kind of step in right away and definitely help out for this year. So yeah, you have nice three three roster them. players, and yeah. you never know. You don't have. You might not have to play Johan Larson this year, which is fantastic. That's true. We had we we, we essentially got two guys to replace Jordan Nolan and Johan Larson. Yes, which three if Thompson plays that or the revolving door in the bottom six of South mm-hmm. Griffith and Kyle Crisculo. So no matter what. We got better there. We got more production, more ice time out of that. Interesting here for me is they didn't pay O'Reilly's bonus. Because I thought I saw mm-hmm. the other day that uh, the Blues weren't interested in paying the bonus for O'Reilly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, the, Sabres, the other thing, too, I, I think like it may some people may have wanted. I mean, I said all along that there was no way that the Sabres were getting Robert Thomas. I don't think the Blues would have even done Robert yeah. Thomas straight up for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's just insane. I mean, I know a lot of people don't really know that much about prospects, but some people were saying, like, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo in a first. And it's just like, <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like insane, their top but, two guys. Yeah, I think, I think basically, like, if, Ryan O'Reilly in a couple years. Yeah, if you wanted to turn Paige Thompson, say, into Jordan Cairo, then you probably don't get that second. Or maybe yeah. that first is lottery protected or something That's like right. that. So, mm-hmm. now who are you guys most excited for out of this deal? I can tell you mine is is Tage Thompson because I've yeah, been definitely, I'm very definitely excited Tage for Tage Thompson. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Just because I mean, prospects are exciting in the first place, and yes. I mean he's a guy that has proven, like I said, at the World Juniors, like he was good when he was there. He had like five points in seven games or something like that, and yeah. he was definitely he was a he was a big piece like in that winning team too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. He did only have nine points in the NHL last year in his 41 games, but um, probably wasn't ready. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. We'll see how he does in uh, preseason and whatnot this year and see if he can crack the roster. That's right. He He's, he's going to get at least some playing time. It's right in the preseason, but uh, even if not for us, it's good for Rochester. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some oh guys God, I can just imagine that power play down there now because Tage Thompson, oh. I mean, he has a bomb. Him and Olafson on the off wings, like just passing back and forth for one-timers would just be insane down there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The consensus on Twitter, the Sabres robbed the yes. St. Louis Blues. That, pretty much everything I'm seeing from Sabres fans, national media. The, the Blues fans well. that I follow are like loving the trade, though. Well, the Blues no. are – both teams did well, I, I feel, yeah, because I'm sure, you know, I, like, I, the, the Blues, Blues are in fans, win now. Yeah, they, they were probably expecting that they were going to have to give up you yeah. know, Hyrule or something like that. And well. they didn't give up any of their big prospects. You know, Thompson was probably expendable due to all of the high-end forward prospects they got. They just drafted Dominic Bach in the first round, too. So, you know, it's, losing him, I wouldn't lose much sleep over that if I'm a Blues fan. It's yeah. still so much to get for – I mean, Sobotka and Berglund weren't they weren't giving much offense to begin with, but for a center, you give up one of your top prospects and two draft picks. It's it's amazing. And then two good players who can really come in and help this team. They might not have been able to help the Blues, but certainly anything experience wise can help the Sabres at this point. Yeah. I'm excited. Those are guys that are, I mean, first. Oh my god, yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. that's gonna be crazy next year. I mean, just thinking like all the pieces that we already have kind of 
like we have our core kind of already set in place, and then we just have another three first rounders coming next year. That's just, I know. Whether they turn that into a couple players or what they do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's a very young core, too. I'm going to bring up their cap friendly right now, but like their core is 24 and under now. It's They're yes. looking very nice for the future. I saw a uh, tweet earlier listing all of our guys that were under 25 yeah, and it's just like, it. there's so much talent here and, and so much potential. I've, I've been looking at the word a lot lately and what it really means and like thinking about it and applying it to these guys. It's, it's super exciting because when they have the tools and just thinking about if we have all the right guys in place that this thing could go pretty right, pretty good in a matter of a few years, but I wish I could find that tweet. Michael's 21 Thompson's mm-hmm. 20 middle stats, 19. Reinhardt's 22. Ristolainen is 23. 23, uh, Darlene yeah. is 18. Allmark is 24. And that's just what they have on the roster right now. And then you look at what they have in the system. Nylander is 20. Asplund's 20. Lukinen is 19, I want to say. Uh, Olafson, he's 22. Cliff Poo, 20. Brennan Gooley, 20. You know, that's that's a good core to build around. Mm-hmm. For, for the Sabres. One and thing then I you think got that, the three first round picks. Yeah, I think that this year too, like a lot of people probably aren't thinking about it right now, but Eichel is just going to take like a huge step forward in terms of his role now. Now he's probably going to yeah. be relied on to always be out there against the other team's top players, defensive zone draws. I mean, there's no penalty like his go to guy. Right. Yeah, penalty kill. Like his go to guys is gone now. I mean, he's getting out of his ELC and now it's time mm-hmm. for him to step into that role that's right there was there's no one above him now at center yeah it's 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 his job now i didn't even look at colorado when they traded matt duchene nate mckinnon just absolutely Mm -hmm. exploded offensively and turned into one of the best players in the nhl and you know eichel i would not be surprised if he can replicate that in the Mm 2018-19 season and all this too for all we said about nylander being in the trade and such now we we still we still got this trade done without including Nylander. That's good to me because now we can continue his development. I myself have been very critical of him because he has missed the last you know five thousand development camps. But the fact that we could do this without giving up and we could continue to work with him and see what he has that's 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 really big for me. I'm very happy about that. I'm still optimistic for him. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he can somehow crack the roster out of camp. You mm-hmm. know, it would have been nice to see him in development camp doing well, but you know, when he shows, if he shows up, hopefully healthy to the prospects challenge, I want to see complete and utter domination out of him. You know, he's 20 Mm -hmm. years old, former eighth overall pick. He really needs to show up to that tournament and just light it up. Yeah. Just okay. Wow. So we exciting off season so far. (laughs) We weren't expecting to talk about Ryan O'Reilly trade in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't. We were going to talk about the draft. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. want to touch on uh, the 2018 draft a little bit? Any surprises? I really liked the first round. You know, uh, there were a lot of surprising picks. Of course, you know, Yasperi Kakaniemi third overall to start it off was a surprise. What wasn't really a surprise? I had him going third in my mock draft with all mm-hmm. the rumors going around. They were chasing a centerman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know. think Barrett Hayden to Arizona was definitely the biggest surprise. Yeah, in the first, I mean, definitely in the first round. Yeah, that kind of you know set in stone like the rest of the draft too. That kind of 
affected everything because yeah. if he doesn't get yeah. taken there, then I mean, does Oliver Wallstrom fall that far? I don't know. Does Dobson fall that far? I don't know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, definitely I don't, I don't know. If, that I mean, that um, kind of uh, going going back to I think that talking about that trade that um, was supposedly leaked, that kind of, yeah. you know, Barrett Hayden going fifth overall. If he doesn't go fifth overall and they take, you know, Zadina who's just sitting there in their mm-hmm. lap there, someone else, then, I mean, maybe the Sabres had the 11th overall pick there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Hayden, I think I actually had him like 20th on my draft rank. He just, I know Jared and I talked about this at the combine. Like, I, I just don't see it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like his yeah. role in Sault Ste. Marie wasn't that high. Of course, I think his production will increase next year mm-hmm. <clears throat> with a more important role on the team. But, you know, fifth overall is just too high. I, I thought John Chica would be smarter than that reaching on a guy like that. By, but, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a smart guy. I, you know, I, I think Barrett Hayton is going to be a very good NHL player someday, but, you mm-hmm. know, Passing on Philip Zadina. It's kind of like the Kachuk pick. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like I feel Brady Kachuk's going to be a good player, but I still wouldn't, you know, have taken yeah. him over some of the other players over there. Yeah. And if I'm Brady Kachuk, I am not signing with the Ottawa Senators next season. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. If Melnick ever sells that team, you know, the, the coaching situation, Pierre Dorian, if he's still the GM, like I would just stay in college. I would not want to be playing in that situation right now to, to me the clear cut and i think for most of us the clear cut top three were Darlene and you could swap svechnikov and zadina interchangeable there and it, it, it was a fun draft because you don't you, you don't see that much movement typically it's uh at least first six picks are pretty predictable usually uh so it, it was it was it was really fun especially getting into the uh the late round, seeing some guys slip into the second, like Bodie Wild too. That was Bodie Wild going. Into there the was a round really surprised me. A lot of good names um, available in the second round, and Joe Valeno went thirtieth. Uh, thirtieth, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the Red Wings had a really good draft. They walked. They mm-hmm. Zadina just fell into their lap with the sixth or seventh pick. I forget where they slotted in, and then Joe Valeno falling all the way to thirty. They got. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, Jonathan Bergeron with the 33rd pick, and then they got McIsaac with the 36th pick. That's a great draft by four them. First, round, four, yeah. first rounders, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubts. The, in my opinion, the winners of the draft were the Islanders and Red Wings. I think the Islanders had a great after draft. That first, yes, yeah. After that first day, oh, the Islanders assigned Valtteri Filpula. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> like for them. Squad. The Islanders are gonna be real bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, they're gonna be really bad. I don't know. Or, uh, I, I'm still. I'm still. Uh, Red Wings. In terms of what? Uh, who signed Filipula? Uh, the Islanders. Islanders. Oh, yeah. okay. Actually, I don't know why I thought you said the Red Wings. Yeah, I mean that both of those teams are gonna be a disaster. But what? I oh, you man. know if you listen to the last episode, I went off on. Ottawa, you know, Montreal, like just the Red Wings, the <clears throat> the Canadians and the Senators are just such a mess. Like what are you doing? <clears throat> the Atlantic me. Division is just so weird. Like there's the those three teams like in where you have like Montreal, Ottawa and I'm forgetting someone. 
and they're just Detroit and they're just all at the bottom and they're just like an absolute misery pit. Like, I mean, <laughs> Buffalo. and then you move up and then you have like Buffalo and Florida right now that are yeah. both like kind of up and coming. And then you just have three like absolute wagons and like Tampa, mm-hmm. Boston, mm-hmm. who are just going to run the NHL. It's just such yeah. a weird division. Like Detroit, they're in denial. I don't know what they're doing. You know, they've exactly so many picks in the last draft, this draft, and next year's draft. But like they're going out, re-signing Mike Green. They're bringing Thomas Vanek back. They signed Trevor Daly, I think, last year. Like, what are you doing? Like, what's your identity? I have no idea what they're doing. It's literally the Canucks. Like the Canucks yes. brought in the Canucks. Are same for you. What, are the, what are the Vancouver Canucks doing? I'm sorry, but like they brought in like. Beagle, Tim Schaller, like mm-hmm. Beagle, Schaller, and Antoine Roussel, and combined, it's like seven million dollars. Like, are you on crack? There was a oh my goodness, a TSN uh, graphic where they put up like their lineup, and there's yes, they have at least like... one, <laughs> at, at least one position on every line that has two names in, like, say, the left wing spot. Like, there's two names there because they have so many guys on the roster. They have three so, goalies: Demko, Nielsen, mm-hmm. and uh, Markstrom. They have yeah. like nine defensemen and like 15 forwards. Like, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. They got to make a trade. But like Jim Benning confuses me so much. He'll draft so well, like. Pedersen, fifth overall last year, was great. Uh, getting Besser, Quinn like Hughes. 23rd. Yeah, Brock Besser, yeah. 25th or 23rd, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, And then pulling off that Jonathan Dolan trade with the Senators, which is another tire fire. You know, mm-hmm. and, But then he'll go out and make all these ridiculous signings and some bad trades. Like, geez, that, that guy was almost the Sabres GM back <laughs> in 2014. That's scary. <laughs> He was a scout or assistant GM for the Sabres in the mm-hmm. mid-2000s, I want to say. Right. So, you know, Ottawa, they're a mess. You know, they apparently offered Eric Carlson a contract, but they probably just offered him $8, 9000000 million, and then he's probably going to laugh at that and say no, and then they're going to tell their fans they tried, and he just apparently, didn't Apparently, the Senators are $200 million in debt. You're kidding. That's wow. that's what I said because You're they just they, market. How are you in debt? They were already in debt, and then they um they borrowed. They just took out another one hundred thirty million dollar oh, loan, I believe, to wow. pay other expenses. That's and the then they shit. don't have their first round pick. No, no first round pick. It's like I can't think of anything, any other franchise to compare it to because this is it's one of a kind. How just mismanaged this team is it's it's a spectacle to watch i i, I can't wait to see how bad they're going to be this year because it's 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 going to be amazing. i hope i hope the avalanche get jack use because it'll be hilarious <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah i <sighs> like the bruins getting sagan <laughs> yeah it's exactly the same i would not mm-hmm. be surprised at all and like they all it's not like they only got the first round pick they got oh my god they got like Gerard out of that trade too from Nashville in that three-way trade. They even got Shane Bowers too, who was a first round pick last year and some other pieces as well. Like one of the best trades in the last decade that that's a Mm -hmm. home run by Joe Sack and Joe Sackick, like all of a sudden is kind of a smart GM. Like the, ever Mm -hmm. since the Ryan O'Reilly trade, he's been fine. All these former players, Brendan, all the early nineties guys, Brendan (laughs) Shanahan, Joe Sackick, Steve Eiserman. They're like they're the new guard of uh, GM. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, uh, Matias Samuelson. Let's get back in the draft. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of the Samuelson pick at 32? Who wants to take this one first? <laughs> Jared, I'll let you take it. I have All my right. thoughts, but I know you're, you're, you're more opinionated on it. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't hate it just because... I think that, you know, Samuelson is definitely going to end up being an NHL player. And I think he'll definitely be someone that he's not going to be a fan favorite and he's not going to be someone that's going to like pop out on the stat sheet, but he probably just from like his, his defensive game and his size and his skating that, you know, he's going to end up in the NHL. I just was kind of disappointed just because, I mean, you're finishing last place in the NHL. I know that picks like 30 to 40 are all kind of jumbled so any of those players I mean it doesn't really matter where you're selecting in between there because they're all kind of interchangeable but if you're going to be picking last and you're going to have I mean the luxury of picking 32nd as well as picking first overall because I mean picking 32nd it's basically another first round pick so I kind of would have liked them go for some like to see them go for someone with a little bit more upside and someone like Bodie Wild just because I think you know, they're both going to be NHL players and kind of watching both of them play, you know, in the same games together because they did play NTDP together. Um, you can see like where Samuelson has value, but I just think Bodie Wild or someone like Jonathan Bergeron or even like Johnny Tychonic or Tychonic that went to Ottawa, like guys like that are definitely going to have more value down the future and are more, you know, set for where the NHL is going rather than the big, you know, defensive type. But um, I do think that Samuelson will end up playing in the NHL. So I guess all around it wasn't too bad of a pick. I don't think he's that far off either. He's probably maybe yeah. two, three years away, but, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. Just, not, just yeah. at dev camp, just it was kind of evident that, like, when they were doing defensive stuff, like his size definitely was dominant, and he was good positionally, and he was able to – close gaps well enough like with his skating but just any skill work like he has absolutely just no hands and I mean he doesn't have the worst first pass in the world but just I think playing in the NHL like you need to be able to make decisions quick and you need to be able to get out of tight spaces in your own zone so he really needs to work on his hands and his quickness a lot before he's able to kind of step in it sounds like he's like the prototypical big defenseman then yeah pretty much uh, he was a safe pick, you know. I've, I was saying yeah. this leading up to the draft, but I, I like you said, I would have preferred that they go for a player with higher upside, like a Bodie Wild, Jonathan Bergren, or a Johnny Tyconic. But you know, it is what it is. I think they still have a very good prospect in Samuelson. I think uh, it's clear that Bottrell made the pick to get bigger on defense because we, it's we mostly have smaller skill guys and I don't think it's bad to have more size on defense but Jared to your point I think he just based on his size alone he will get some NHL time and there's no doubt he's going to be a player because of that in the and you got to have every defense is going to need a shutdown type mm-hmm. of player like that you know you can't mm-hmm. have all you know smallish skill guys you got to right. have some defensive defenseman if you will mm-hmm Okay, and then their next pick in the fourth round, they didn't have a third-round pick because that got shipped off to Minnesota in the Marco Scandella trade. They drafted uh, Matei Pekar out of the USHL. Love the pick. Definitely definitely love it a lot. Um, I liked it before I even saw him at Dev Camp this week just because 
I know that he was good in the USHL. Um, he won USH, USHL Rookie of the Year, which Andre Svechnikov won year, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He's just one of those guys that going to college, like his play style is going to be the perfect play style to kind of develop at college. He's just quick and mm-hmm. he's fast and he's just like a pest on the forecheck. Um, and he's kind of like one of those prototypical players that you would see Botter will bring up in Pittsburgh. He's kind of like mm. a Scott Wilson type player or, or more skilled, but just kind of like what, you know, or Sheary that like we just saw traded, just one of those guys that you would kind of expect to see um, kind of come up through the ranks and then develop and then be like a, just kind of like fast in your face, like bottom six guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously like he got a ton of, def- of attention at development camp this week with, just some of the stuff he was doing, like pissing off middle stat and stuff. But I thought just mm-hmm. in general, like he was really good, like in all the skill work. Um, and then even in the three on three, like he said that um, he wasn't like the most skilled guy in the world. And in USHL, like he got a lot of his points just kind of being like that fast guy on the four check. But I thought he had like pretty like good skill work for saying he wasn't that great at it. Um, yeah. I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. saw the goal he scored against Dolan and then, I mean, mm-hmm. he was doing that, like, he, he probably went between his legs, like, four or five times in that game, so. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, just hearing the stories out of Dev Camp, though, I like his fire. I I, didn't, I wasn't able to get down there, but just, I, I like hearing um, the, it's it's not like it's it's bad aggressiveness, but I like hearing the, the competitiveness. Uh, I think that's a better word for it that we have with the young guys down there. Yeah, he seems like he's going to be a fan favorite someday. Yeah. Him yeah. talking to the Buffalo media, he's, you know, he seems like a fun kid to be around. I'm excited. I hope he pans out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the names. I'm looking him up. Fifth the round was, uh, it was Miska Kukunen, I believe. Kukunen. He was he was the Finnish defenseman. He was pretty unknown. I actually liked him uh, at Dev Camp, too. I didn't really notice him at all during the week, like during the skill stuff. Because, I mean, unless you have a guy like Dallin or Gooley that is just like, absurdly skilled for a defenseman they're not going to really stand out and you're not going to really be able to get a good idea of like what they can do and that kind of stuff but in the three on three like he showed pretty good vision he was a good skater and he was really good like moving along the blue line and stuff with the puck and definitely i mean i thought he looked really good for a fifth round pick Mm -hmm. and someone that was unranked oh and then their other fourth round pick it was linus kronholm yeah Yeah. what'd you think of him at dev camp um kind of just he was just kind of out there he i one thing i took note of was just that like he moved pretty well for his size but um i don't know he was just like a pretty like steady tall guy that wasn't you know the best but not the worst skater and didn't really do too much offensively and then i believe the other pick was william Ward's crew and mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i didn't really see much of anything out of him that really popped off the page. He was kind of a lot of the same, just kind of really big. Um, not much to see there offensively and um, didn't really accomplish much in the three-on-three. And any other standouts at Dev Camp that, you know, took your eye? Uh, I mean, under the radar aside, guys? yeah, I'm trying to think. Obviously, like the big guys, like Middlestead, Don, Gooley, Asplen, they were all great. Um, under the radar guys, I really liked Brandon Biro, who was the invite out of Penn State. Um, he was someone I said to watch, like going into Dev Camp, because I liked him at Penn State. He was pretty shifty, like small guy, um, and he really stood out a lot in the three on three. He had one really nice backhand goal I posted. 
Um, he had another goal where he went five hole, and then I think he got like the empty net or something in one of the games to win it. Um, so he was a good complimentary guy on that um, Navy team with Dallin and Olsen. Uh, I'm trying to think. I wish I, I wish I had my sheet here with the rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought some of the invites actually were pretty good. I liked – I can't think of the guy's name right now. I think his last name was like Pesky or something like that. I think it was the guy out yeah. of uh, yeah North Dakota. He was a defenseman. He was pretty good. Um, how was uh, Koski, Cole Koski? Uh, Cole Koski, yeah, he was he was pretty good. Um, he was a pretty like big forward, had a really good release. Um, skating definitely could use some work, but um, yeah, he was definitely one of the better invites. Uh, Joe, I think Snively, it was was another mm-hmm. one that, yeah, right. that was pretty good. Um, Griffin Loose, Griffin Loose. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, he's from here. I didn't see a ton out of him. Um. But yeah, he's a hometown hometown guy that was able to go. Um, Andrew Ogilvy, I liked a lot. The signee out of Notre Dame, okay. he reminded me a lot of like Ryan Hartman um, after mm-hmm. watching him in Chicago and then Nashville. Just kind of small, good shot, good hands and tight. Um, kind of a bit of a pest as well too. So I liked him a lot at Notre Dame. I watched a lot of Notre Dame over the years watching Cal Peterson, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Ogilvy was always the guy that kind of stood out. So. Um, I think he, he's actually, he's 23 already, so he'll likely start in Rochester, but I honestly, I mean, maybe not now with guys like Berg or, uh, Berglund and Sabakwit coming in, but I think he's a guy that definitely is in contention at least to crack a roster spot. Yeah. I didn't get to watch a lot of the three on three. I was kind of in and out, but you know, Ogilvy really stood out to me, scored a couple of big goals. You know, he was just kind of like dominant at some points, I, you know. I got to watch a lot of him at Notre Dame to do, of course, watching Cal Peterson. But that was a bust. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, no, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, showed up at camp and stole a roster spot. You know, he'll probably get some time with injuries as a call up. But, mm-hmm. you know, I really like him as a player. And that was a smart signing by the Sabres. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Now, uh, how about the goalies? Just to get into that, I want to touch on those a bit. What did you see um, out of the goalies that were there? Anything impressive? Or- um, Ugo Pekulukunen, as you'd expect, definitely um, was a standout. I There was one day, I don't remember if it was day two or three, but basically they were just doing a lot of drills where um, they would do like whatever they would do, and then they would end up kind of shooting on the goalie at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um and some of these goalies, especially Victor Olofsson, like he was just tearing these guys apart. Because, <laughs> I mean, they were one-on-ones. And you're shooting yeah. from, I mean, probably no farther out than the top of the circle. So Olofsson was just like tearing apart these goalies. I remember the Clarkson goalie. I think his name was Jake Kiley. Um, he, actually had a, he actually had like a pretty good scrimmage. But um, and then the one day Olofsson was just like tearing them apart. He scored like probably <laughs> eight out of nine shots in those drills. Um, Winter Shepard was out of Minnesota Duluth. Um, again, like it's kind of hard to really evaluate the goalies like in the days other than the three on three, just because it's a lot of one on one stuff. And I don't know how much you can really judge them on that. But um, Hunter Shepard was definitely the best goalie in the three on three. Um, he was kind of carrying that great team that they were kind of the underdogs in that in that tournament. Um, and he was really great for them. And then I think the fourth goalie was uh, Johansson from Rochester. I didn't see, you know, a ton good or bad from him, but um, solid all around. 
And what did you think All of right. the two later picks in the last draft, Bryson and Weisbach? I mean, I'm actually a big fan of both of them. Definitely, I mean, as much hype as kind of Weisbach has gotten a little bit here, um, I'm actually a, a, probably a bigger fan of Bryson. Um, watching him at Providence, he was, especially in the playoffs, he was easily their best player, best defenseman, playing in all situations. I didn't even realize, you know, the minutes and really how good he was. Um, until I kind of started watching a few Providence games this year. And he's a great skater. Even at camp, it was kind of weird. Like, he doesn't pop off the page at you, but if you just actually, like, focus on him, you really realize all the different things he does well. He's a really good skater, really good passer, really good power play guy. Um, so, I mean, he definitely looks like he could be a potential steal and definitely looks like he could be someone that should be able to crack, you know, a pro roster spot not too far down the line. Um, he is small for a defenseman, so that'll probably be, you know, one thing that if there is going to be something that holds him back from the NHL and probably why he went as late as he did, that was it. Um, but yeah, I liked him a lot and I do like him going forward as a prospect. And then Weisbach, um, obviously just like as a smaller guy, it's kind of the same thing as Bryson really. It's just like, he's produced really well in his first year of college. He produced well in the USHL. Um, he was, if not exactly on the dot with middle stats point totals in his first year of college, he was pretty close. I know they were within a few points of each other. Um, he really pops off the page right away at dev camp, just being so small. I think he's like five, eight or something like that. So he's just like a, a speed bug out there has good hands. And he made, you know, a few plays in the three on three where he was kind of cutting, cutting through guys and really using his speed. But, um, I don't know. I he he doesn't have bad hands, but I would like to see kind of his hands, you know, match his feet. That's one thing that you'll notice in a guy like Connor McDavid or Middlestat. Whereas, you know, that's kind of the separator between them and another fast guy like Michael Granlund. Like he reminds me more of like a Michael Granlund type where he has like all the speed but isn't able to do as much like with his with his hands. Um, but yeah, I don't know in terms of future. Um, it's really just going to, I think we're going to have to wait and see on him and wait and see like how well he does, you know, transitioning to bigger guys. But I mean, being able to produce at that rate as a freshman in college at that height, I mean, it's pretty good. Any other players that you'd like to touch on really quick that we, yeah, let me just pull up the roster real quick. Let's see who we got. Um, I'm just looking for the teams from the three-on-three scrimmage. I don't know. There was a lot of guys, like I said, like all the uh, the usual suspects that you would expect. Um was pretty disappointing that we didn't get to see Davidson because, um, I mean, With he was a guy. Didn't play either, right? Yeah, who Davidson. Uh, Samuelson didn't play in the three-on-three scrimmage. Um, that was another thing, too, that I was kind of disappointed about just because, like I said, like I'm sure you heard from my – observation of Samuelson like he wasn't the most skilled guy but like I said defensemen aren't really going to stand out when they're doing a lot of that skill work so I would have liked to see him in the three on three to see you know how he matched up with some of the other guys um I thought Will Borgen was definitely good Vasily Glotov is good at development camp every year um always puts on a show uh let's see who else pilot for sure Lawrence Pilot was someone that I was really high on going into camp, and a lot of people, you know, didn't really know much about him just because he was kind of coming in at the same time as all the Dallin hype. So, you know, a lot of people didn't really know much about him going into camp, but kind of looking more into him, 
I was really excited for him. And I definitely think that he's someone that is going to be kind of part of the future here going forward. And I think he is going to turn into a pretty solid player. Um, I don't think, I mean, maybe he does stay in Rochester probably about as long as Brendan Gooley did this past year, even if he is ready to play sooner than that. But I mean, if you were there and you didn't have any prior knowledge of the roster, like you would have been shocked if I told you that pilot was a defenseman just because I mean, he was literally, he, he was blending in with Casey Middlestat, like some of the stuff that he was doing and just some of the, you know, different dangles in place that he was going for. Um, mm-hmm. So he was definitely impressive. Olofsson obviously was really impressive. Um, Dallin was great. Uh, Aspen was good. Uh, I think we pretty much touched on everyone. Oh, did you mention Casey Fitzgerald? He's going into his senior year at Boston College. He's a guy that, you know. He actually, he wasn't there either. You, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there, but he didn't participate yeah, he in any of uh, maybe yeah. injury. Actually, I actually like him as a player going forward yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I he hope they can sign him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what'd you think of Brandon Hickey? He signed his deal today. We didn't mention that. That's right. Um, definitely a guy that he doesn't like stand off the page, but he's he's a pretty solid skater. He was definitely one of the better and more like steady defensive guys. Anytime they were doing anything like that, um, I don't know exactly if he has a future with the Sabres, um, you know, in the NHL, just based on how stacked they are on the left side and his ceiling kind of not being that high. But um, definitely I think he's he'll be like a top player in Rochester, maybe not right out of the bat, but um, I think he'll be a really good player for them going forward. Mm-hmm. Lots of yeah. exciting movement on, on defense. Yeah. Yes, they, yeah. They're stacked on Yes. I really like what they're starting to build back there. Mm-hmm. And on pilot really quickly, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy could potentially crack a spot out of camp. I know uh, Bottrell said the plan is to start him in Rochester, but you know, I mean, I really, I think he could like just watching him. I honestly, like, I think he's right now. He's probably no, I mean, I guess there's only six defensemen, but I don't think he's, he's much worse than the Sabres, like fifth best, best yeah. defenseman already. Yeah. Like, Hind, Dallin, Ristolainen, and Gooley. I think I'd put him probably number four, honestly. I mean, we really haven't been able to see him in an NHL game, so maybe that's that's not fair to say and put him ahead of, like, McCabe. But yeah. I don't know. I'm really high on pilot. And, I mean, I, he won SHL Defenseman of the Year for a reason. Right. It's not, This isn't Victor Antipin. Like, Antipin, he was a nice player coming in. But, yeah. I mean, these are two completely different players that we're talking about here. And some of the stuff that pilot was doing was – Something that I mean, we didn't even see Antipin like attempt. Yeah, so his yeah. skill is very high, very fast player too. And yeah. the, his hands, like you, you tweeted out that video on the TCB account with them doing the one-handed Zorro moves. Like, oh my god, this yeah, guy's incredible. Yeah, he's definitely either the first or second guy that gets called up when there's an injury. You know, they're pretty yeah, sure. deep. I, I, not like deep as in like they got a whole lot of talent back there, but like they have a lot of guys that are capable of, you know, stepping into a top six role. <laughs> There's a funny tweet that I just saw and I don't even like think he's kidding. Eric Engels tweeted, Mark Bergevin just said he, he was asked for three first round picks for O'Reilly. Thought he was joking. <laughs> Pretty sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Three th- first round picks. Wow. That would be funny because um, – well, yeah, they're trading in the division, too. Yeah. So, it was yeah. just like, 
know Bergevin is an absolute idiot. Let me just let me just. <laughs> He's always <laughs> trying to expose him. <laughs> oh, and this comes from Dan Rosen a few minutes ago. He says the Blues are paying Ryan O'Reilly's bonus, reportedly seven point five million due today. Doug Armstrong said ownership told him, "You do what you have to do to make us a better team." So that okay. is probably why they got a little more than the asking price of a first, a second, and a top prospect. Yeah. Okay, and another thing that happened during the little hiatus here after the draft, they acquired Connor Sherry and Matt Hunwick from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for a 2019 fourth-round pick, Buffalo's fourth-round pick. They also have St. Louis, uh, San Jose's fourth-round pick from the Evander Kane trade. And if Connor Sherry scores 20 goals or gets 40 points, or if Matt Honwick is traded before the 2019 draft, that pick becomes a third-round pick. And I'd say the odds of that happening, it turning to a third, is pretty high. Now, I completely forgot about Sherry because all the madness that's been going on these last two days. But I don't know if, as, I don't know if you guys or heard this or noticed this, but um, when we were talking about prospects for me, it's going, my eyes lit up because uh, one of you said something about Sherry, and I was like, that's right. Like we have him now and he's probably going to be in our top. So it's, I love all, I love all these moving parts. It's so exciting. Uh, yeah, the team is going to, I mean, that's no question, especially with the so rally trade now, like in just adding, even if they didn't change anything, just adding down, like just the, the way the team looks and plays is just going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're actually going to be fun to watch, you know, yeah. last, it was just, a chore to watch this team play. Like even if they're average, like just having down and middle stat is going to make them fun. There's a reason to watch now. Mm -hmm. It's just like the Eichel's rookie year. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You'd watch watch. every year. But now you got Darlene, you got middle stat and Elander will probably get, you know, at least 20 games next season. And just knowing that there's going to be a time when Eichel and Darlene are on the ice at the same time. Oh, and that's, oh, that's going to be so fun. The first overtime. <laughs> oh, <laughs> three on three overtime with Eichel and Darlene. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't wait until like Beautiful. the first, I mean, the first like four games, I think it is are at home. First mm-hmm. one, it's going to be like the home opener against Boston. We're going to go to a shootout and first shooter is going to be like Patrick Berglund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, when Eichel did shooting the shootout in Game One. <laughs> I wonder Jones if do you I wonder last year Game One, like how good everyone thought we were yes. going to be. Yep, yeah. they <laughs> oh, were so good. I remember I got home like, from work. That was team was work. just completely different oh, than anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They were fast, like. I was closing at work and I was like keeping an eye on my phone. Like, wow, Jason Pominville scored two goals. I'm like, wow, maybe this guy won't be dinosaur this year. Yeah. And then I just keep seeing like, wow, they're so exciting. They're so fast. I'm loving it. And then they lose in the shootout. I'm like, oh my God, this is the year. Got killed and the then they get, they get toasted against New, New Jersey. Jersey and the Islanders. Six two the next two games. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? But, you know, everything happens for a reason. That's true. Last season, it was horrific, to say the least. It was the worst season I've ever seen in my life. But Mm -hmm. they finished last, and they got Rasmus Dahlin, and things are looking up for the first time in a very, very, very long time. So It was, yeah. Right now, it's like the feeling that fans had 
going into the Eichel draft, you know, before yeah. the Leonard trade, and like people started to question Tim it is GMing ability, but like you know, they got three first round picks. They got this massive amount of good prospects that they've built up the past couple of years. It looks mm-hmm. like they finally have competent management for the first time, and I don't even know how long. Like this, things are looking up. You know, there's a lot of excitement. Kind of at Dev Camp this year too is like going a few years ago. I remember say like the year like Eichel was coming in for his rookie year. I mean, Eichel and Reinhardt were obviously big pieces, and then there was like behind them Bailey Baptiste, and then that was really like it. That's all you'd go to Dev Camp, and there was other guys, but I mean it was pretty much just like those four. I mean, I'm probably in probably like Gooley at the time too, and Borgen. Um, but other than them, now you go and you still have like Gooley, Borgen, but there's Olafson is going to is like, I guess, considered a top prospect now. Even just guys like Ogilvy, Dallin, Asplin, Middlestat, Nylander, and Davidson weren't even playing. Like, just the amount of good players there compared to before was just like pretty evident. It was just definitely something that stood out. Just there's so many more just really good prospects in the organization compared to before it's it, compared just to last season. It's night and day right now, the yeah. main roster and, and the prospects as well. Cause like you saw with Baptiste and all them, there's, there's this brighter new, more promising do that we can look forward to. You look back to, you know, 2014, like, like there were high hopes for Baptiste, Bailey, Carrier, yeah. Uh, fashion, those guys, and like, I don't, I'm sorry, but none of those guys have really panned out. So I'm hoping that for the sake of this team, these guys that we just mentioned don't have the same fate as, you know, Bailey and Baptiste. It's kind of nice, too. We were in a place where, like, at one point, I mean, they were, def- they were different and definitely thought of differently throughout the hockey world back then. But at one point, Justin Bailey and Nick Baptiste, no offense to them, but like those were considered our top prospects and now our yeah, top yeah. prospects are considerably the best defensive prospect of all time. And yeah, I mean, whatever you, however you want to describe Casey Middlestead at this point. So, I mean, that's just, it's, and it's, like it's, pretty- it's so cool that we're, we're digging into European leagues now to bring over younger guys too. This is, we didn't do it. They only have Swedes and Americans. I'm convinced, and then you sprinkle a couple Finns in there. Like I'm yeah. writing a prospect article for our website right now. Like it's all Swedes. It's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably uh, one thing. I mean, the team up north made a significant move today. Yes, we'll yes. get into John Tavares. That is true. <laughs> should we talk about Tavares first or uh, Carter Hutton? So let's through. let's do Hutton because that'll be shorter. We'll yeah. breeze over that right, a bit. Okay. But so, yeah, the Sabers. Sabers signed Carter Hutton to a three-year deal with an average annual value of two point seven five million dollars. He, I believe, he had one of the highest save percentages in the NHL last year. You know, like a nine thirty save percentage, something like that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, obviously, that's a career year for him. I think it'd be hard to imagine that he can replicate that season next year, especially if Buffalo isn't that great of a team again. But, you know, it's something. They, I think he, he's definitely an upgrade over Leonard. I, yes. That yeah. goes without I saying. And, worst case scenario with Hutton is he kind of 
he had one of those like Andres Nelson with us type years a few years ago where he had like a crazy safe percentage and you know teams thought he might be a little bit more than he actually was but really he was just kind of this um mm-hmm. I mean they got him at 2.75 mil a year which is really flexible if he's not great oh well like then he's a backup like an and, average backup number really yeah 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 I mean worst number. case worst case scenario like he's a good NHL backup Cam Ward so, is making more than Carter Hutton. Like, just, yeah. Let's just let that yeah. sink in. And Allmark's going to be the other guy. And there's years. far there's far worse you can fall back on, in my opinion, than uh, Linus Allmark. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Allmark will ultimately kind of take over the starting position anyway. I don't expect Carter Sometime Hutton to come in as a starting goalie. This, so. mm-hmm. this seems to be the plan. So, I mean, I don't think people should expect Carter Hutton to come in and kind of become like a Vesna finalist or anything yeah. like that. Like exactly. this is kind of a stopgap guy until Omar's ready to play, you know, 70 mm-hmm. games a year. And he knows yeah. his role too. He's yeah. He's on his NHL network interview today. He knows that Omar is the guy of the future and he's kind of the guy to just, you know, compete with him, give him competition because, you know, Omar is still a young goalie. He's what, 23, 24, but yeah, goalies generally don't come into the NHL at a younger age, like you say, Casey Middlestead, 19 or 20, you know, it mm-hmm. takes time. Goalies take longer to develop. I, I think Hutton, point. Hutton seems like he's going to be a fan favorite too. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's a really down earth guy. I know St. Louis fans were raving about him. So uh, it's good to have him compared to a guy like Leonard. Who is yeah. And it seems like Leonard might not even be playing in the NHL next year. So yeah. You know, and during the season, up. I don't know if I said this on record, but I know I said it off air, but I'd never seen a guy go from looking like top caliber one night to being out of the league the next. And yeah. it looks like he's going to be on the bad end of that spectrum. It wasn't very thought, very well thought of around the NHL. I remember hearing that around the trade deadline, they couldn't get anything for him. You know, there were mm-hmm. apparently trade talks with Philadelphia and they weren't able to move him. I guess they were shopping him, but. You know, he. I guess he visited Detroit you know, in the courting period, mm-hmm. but that never materialized. They decided to go for Jonathan Bernier in a three-year deal, which you know they. I think Hutton didn't he leave money on the table? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Bernier I don't, got three years. I don't understand. I mean, how a team at this point would rather have Cam Ward than Robin Leonard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Other than the fact that, I mean, I guess like he's a cup champion, but if you're just looking at them as goalies, like, mm-hmm. I mean, think of think what you want of Robin Leonard. I definitely think that he is a little bit better than what fans, you know, the general consensus is of him. And I would, really wouldn't be surprised if he went somewhere else and wasn't, you know, kind of the disaster that he ended up being with the Sabres. But I don't know. I just think it's kind of crazy to give that he hasn't really gotten a shot yet. But and a guy like Cam Ward's going to get signed over him, especially yeah. for three months. I, I think the fact that Ward, his experience, the fact that he's a veteran, yeah. would lord him to uh, other teams that wooed the other There's teams. There's really not many spots left. I think the Islanders have an open spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Thomas Grice, maybe. Leonard can go in there and compete with him. And the Capitals, after trading Grubauer, unless they're going to let Samsonov be the backup, I don't think I don't think that's a good idea to have Samsonov in the NHL right away. So maybe Leonard on a one- or two-year deal to 
play behind Holtby wouldn't be a bad idea, but they don't have yeah. much cap space. I'm pretty sure Leonard is going to be asking for a lot of money. He's going to have to take, you know, like a one, one and a half million dollar deal like uh, Peter Morozik did signing with the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. I I wonder how much Leonard's body language kind of might have worked against him because it's clear that he kind of got rattled after letting in a bunch oh, of goals in a short amount of time. Because you could see it. He'd, he'd, he'd fuss uh, while well, still down pretty much right after the goal went in. So I wonder if that kind of turned teams off because you don't want your goaltender to show the other team. That goes without saying that, how frustrated you are. But he was one of he was one of the only guys that I saw that did that, other than Tim Thomas. <laughs> it sucks that they gave up a first round pick for him and they, mm-hmm. you know, let him walk for nothing and didn't yeah. get an asset. But you know, the locker room is better now that Robin Leonard is on the team. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty consensus at this point. But you know, I thought he was a leader. He would after a night where he'd get lit up or let in bad goals, he would face the media. He was always straightforward and honest, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, he wasn't perfect. I thought he was fine at some points, but you know, they had to make changes and, you know, you start with the goalie when you're the worst team in the NHL. Yeah. Okay. John Tavares, <laughs> Toronto Maple Leaf. And, you know, you finally think you passed the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Buffalo Sabres get Rasmus Dahlin, and they got Casey Middlestead. Everything is looking on the up and up, but then the Toronto Maple Leafs come back and go, like, <sighs> just out the cut. <laughs> of John Tavares and Austin Matthews. It's a three-team division now. Their top three lines, it's just lethal. My mm. goodness. You know, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs today are a Stanley Cup contender, even with their – absolutely crappy defense that team can win the Stanley cup. You know, Frederick Anderson isn't, I wouldn't call him an elite guy. I think he's a good starting goaltender. I know Luke, you don't think very highly. I'm not sold on him. Yeah. He did not impress me during the playoffs. He's a very capable starting goaltender. And if they can somehow upgrade that defense for next year, maybe at a right-handed shot, you know, that team, they're going to make some noise. You got to think too. I mean, in a few years, Lohjegren's still going to be on an ELC. Yeah. Rasmus Sandin's going to be on an ELC. Travis Dermott's going to be on an ELC. Morgan Riley's already signed. Uh, I don't know how much longer Gardner will be, Gardner will be there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they'll have to deal with that in a year. But I really don't think they're going to have too big of an issue kind of fitting him in. And, I mean, it's just kind of not a fun day to be rivals with And if you look, um, Patty Marlowe's off the books in a couple years. Matt Martin's gone. Uh, I can't try and figure out who else. Uh, What's the name? They signed a defenseman last year. His name escaping me. Ron Hainsey? Yeah, Ron Hainsey. He'll be gone in a couple years. You know, I think they'll be able to fit it in. I think it might be tough considering they have to sign Marner, Matthews, and Nylander in the next two years. But, you know, uh, Tavares left a lot of money on the table to sign with the, his hometown team. I believe it was reported by David Pagnota of the fourth period that the Sharks even offered upwards of $13 million yeah. to bring him in. And I heard today on, on GR, actually, uh, that the Islanders' counteroffer to that was going up a quarter of a million higher than their offer of $11 million. So if and they could offer the eighth year, too. Yes. You know, that but is, that was as of today, they once once word got back to them that the Sharks offered thirteen million, 
they raised it a quarter of a million. And you could blame it on Tavares all you want, but I think both sides, you can argue for both sides whose whose fault it really was. But that's that's not the counter offer you make if you really think you're you're in it. You know, they've been mediocre to terrible his whole entire career mm-hmm. in the island. Besides that one year they made the playoffs and beat the Panthers, you know. If I'm John Tavares, like I, I watched his introductory press conference today and like, you know what? If I was John Tavares, I would have signed with Toronto. You know, it's the perfect situation as a team where they're gonna be good all seven years of that contract. All seven yeah. years, and they're gonna be contending for all seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in his prime on the rise. You know, yep. he's 20, 27, 28 years old. I he's not the fastest guy, but I don't I think he will still be able to be a productive player going into the later years of that contract. You know, he's a pure goal scorer. Mm-hmm. And you get to live out your childhood dream of playing for the Leafs. You know, there's that picture of him sleeping in the his bed with all the Toronto Maple Leafs sheets. What were you guys thinking? Like kind of just going through the whole process, like on where he was going to be just kind of as it went along. I always thought he was going back. I thought it was last night. Or did you think like he was going to leave yesterday? As the days leading up to it, I was thinking he's going back to the Islanders. But then midnight came around and I was like, or not even midnight, probably even like eight o'clock yesterday as the evening hit. I was thinking, there's totally other teams that have a chance to get into it, but I never considered like the Bruins or lightning series yeah. contenders. I thought um, it was always down to the sharks, Leafs and, and Islanders, but it, it really got real when I got the alert uh, from the athletic that said, John Tavares informs Islanders that he won't be returning. That's when I was like, the, 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 the groundwork, the NHL is going to shake up here because now, one of the high player in the league is in the uh, hockey mecca of the world. But I just, and think it, it, it for Sabres fans, we're one of the few fan bases who can really relate to this because black Sunday in 2007, yeah. as it's, it's called now. And not many other fan bases can, this, this doesn't really resonate with a lot of them because you never hear about stars leaving. I think the so. worst part, like with this for the Isles fan base too, I mean, management definitely did play their part in this. And mm-hmm. it's really kind of embarrassing that, you know, in this era, you're going to let a player like that walk away. But I think that it really was like it, Tavares could have stayed there if he wanted. Like the Islanders, you know, they did a really good job or a really bad job, I should say for nine years and mm-hmm. 365 days pretty much until it really came down to it. And then they made a good push here at the end and kind of gave him all the reasons to come back. And he was the one that kind of said like, okay, no, I'm leaving. I have the option to come back, but I'm not, I'm going somewhere else where, I mean, jury and Briere, it was kind of like the players were, you know, they were okay with coming back, mm-hmm. but it was the management that, you know, was it different? It was it was absolutely management's fault. That's how we're I I know you know pretty much just like the consensus with Isles fans right now is just the disgust that you know he was saying this whole time I'm going to come back and then um, he demanded not to be traded at the deadline so they weren't even able to get anything back for him and then the process waited out you know he literally just ran the clock out on them without putting out anything, without saying a word, no leaks, anything. So I think just it was more 
a lot of Isles fans just kind of unhappy with the way that he went about it and yeah. felt like, you know, 10 years were just wasted and he just kind of left them in the dirt and didn't really even give them any sort of goodbye. Mm-hmm. I thought when Lou Lamorello took over that he was yeah, I thought I thought he was going to stay too. With Garth that- Snow at the helm, I didn't Trots think that. Too. Yeah, I didn't think that he was going to stay with Garth Snow. When that happened, I felt like it was kind of just a desperation play, and that it wasn't it wasn't going to work out in the end because I think Tavares would have been able to see through it. Yeah, it sucks. You know, I can't imagine. You know. Losing your franchise player like that and getting nothing in return, it, it just mm-hmm. sucks. But, you know, the Islanders, they still have a lot of good pieces for the future. They got Wallstrom, yes, Dobson, you know, Barzell, just one rookie of the year. He's looking like a very promising Dang. potential number one center someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're loaded. Like it's, the pipe, so. it's tough when you have the two-head monster only played for one year together with him and Tavares each getting – mid eighties in points, especially Barzell in his, his rookie year. It would, it would have been fun to see those two uh, play, play together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. That's just going to be, that's just going to be a different monster up there. With Toronto yeah. Now. Yeah. Now though, we get to see Matthews and Tavares. So that's going to be more fun hockey to watch. Not for Unfortunately. us. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Not when they're playing the Sabres, but. Hey, that 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 sells NHL uh, TV subscriptions. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> like my tweet today. The only thing better than the Leafs losing in the first round is watching them lose in the first round with John Tavares. Good John Tavares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can only hope. But free agency Sabers weren't really that active today. Do you guys anticipate any other big signings by them, or just more AHL depth signings? That's what I think. I think depth. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't anticipate. Maybe if. Anthony Duclair kind of stays around here and they really aren't liking their left side. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's still kind of a hole in that left side, but maybe they want to, you know, take that to training camp and let someone win the spot or, cause I mean, I don't think, I don't really anticipate any other moves. I don't really see who else you're trading besides for maybe a guy like McCabe, just because of yeah, the long side. Yeah. Or bully. I mean, I don't, but yeah, other than that, I don't really anticipate any, any more really roster movement. And, you know, I'm content with that too. I would like I, Duclair. I, Duclair would be fun. Yeah. But um, after this trade, I, I, I'm feeling confident enough that this team is improved at the moment. I'd, I'd love some depth and I'd love some help for the Amherst again. Like we saw that last year, but um, I'm, I'm happy with how it's gone so far. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just going to be interesting kind of to see how this O'Reilly trade shakes out. I think, one thing for certain is O'Reilly did a lot of stuff, especially like in a year like last year, that people kind of take for granted until it's gone. And we're going to kind of notice that this year where the penalty kill is probably going to struggle a little bit more. Yeah. Um, we're going to, you know, face-offs, obviously. I, don't, I think face-offs are a little bit overrated, but yeah. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, that is going to be an area. It's not like Eichel's great at them. There are, I mean, we really have any other good face-off guys in the team. So, I don't know. They're just a lot of different little areas that O'Reilly's not going to be there kind of as the backbone anymore that a guy like Eichel is going to have to take a big responsibility. So I think there's going to be a little bit of growing pains um, now that O'Reilly's gone, but yeah, it should be interesting to see how things change. One guy that is still available is Nick Shore. 
I think that would be a very nice signing for our bottom six. I don't they know if need they need anymore now that you have Berglund, though, depending on if they true, yeah. participate in that kind of mm-hmm. fourth center. I'd like to see them add another center. You know, I we've talked a lot about Gergensons and Larson. They need to be gone. I don't, I don't care if you have to waive them or trade them for a late-round pick. I just – goodbye. I just don't want to see them on this team anymore. They need to make more changes than just <laughs> – O'Reilly and Leonard and those guys are right at the forefront for me. You know, mm-hmm. and a guy like Nick Shore to be your fourth line center, or even if it's Rodriguez as the fourth line center, but I'd prefer to see him on the wing, maybe even in the top six. But right. you know, more changes need to be made. I'm I'm hoping for, you know, at least one or two more trades, whether that's McKay, Bull, you, Larson, or Gergensons. We took a step in the right direction though today. Mm-hmm. With with the trade, certainly. I'm glad okay, the O'Reilly kind so- of finally happen too just because it kind of seemed like it's i mean it's been something that we've been waiting to happen and then today it kind of seemed like it's something that might not happen yeah and i mean we were kind of everyone was kind of touching on it earlier just it'd be kind of weird if you brought o'reilly back like i don't it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world just because he is like an effective player but i just don't think you could have brought him back knowing that you were shopping him this long and it's just kind of been going on it's like Joe, that's situation a situation with Duchesne going to training camp in Colorado yeah. last year. Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we were saying, though, earlier before we went on, is that if this is probably 20 minutes for the trade actually happened now that I think about it, but we were saying if he doesn't get moved, who cares? We can't be any can't be any worse for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, they didn't have to trade O'Reilly. They could have showed right. up, have Eichel, O'Reilly, Middlestad as your top three centers, but, you know, what? whatever you think about O'Reilly, this trade – they're better in the future. I really yeah, think we're we're, we're closer to yeah. being an NHL team that can do something this year with this trade happening. I just can't get over the fact they have the three first round picks. Like yeah. that's huge. Like even if they're not all high, I, I'm pretty sure Buffalo probably picking in the top ten with their pick. You the Sharks pick, it's if the Sharks don't make the playoffs, the they get the pick back anyways. But you know, if I don't think that pick is lottery protected, the St. Louis pick. As of right now, I haven't seen anything as far as that goes. But so I mean, just know. just thinking about it, like anticipating kind of where the picks are going to be, I'd expect the Sabers pick to be anywhere from like twelve to like sixteen, being realistic. Yeah. Um, and then I think both the Sharks and the Blues will probably be anywhere from like seventeen to like twenty-seven, probably. Yeah. In there, mm-hmm. so. I mean, having three picks kind of in that range, it's not bad at all. I don't think this roster is is a bottom-feeding one anymore. I, I think, you know, it could still be bottom 10, but it's not going to be, you know, bottom of the barrel anymore. Yeah. I think so, yeah, especially if, if Omar and Hutton can just be average, if not yeah. above average, then, I mean, I think just the defense is just 10 times significantly better than half the stuff that we were seeing on the ice last year with yeah. full you like none of those guys would even really touch like the seventh D spot at this point, which is really, Josh yeah. I mean, no more. Oh my God. Jordan Nolan. the ice this year and that we're never going to have to see again. And just, I mean, players like Berglund and Sabaka, like, okay. Yeah. They're not, great pieces and they're really just, you know, salary dump part of the deal, but those are still guys that are better. They're than NHL players. players. They're still NHL players. Yeah. Better they're than NHL them. players. And they had a lot of guys who 
didn't even have any business being in the NHL last year, like Jordan Nolan. Right. So yeah, uh, Seth Griffith, Josephson, Josephson, yeah, those guys, and they're all gone. You know, they got rid of the garbage. They changed up the core, if you will, in O'Reilly and Leonard leaving. You know, mm-hmm. they got a little deeper in the lineup, getting Berglund, Sabotka, uh, Thompson, mm-hmm. adding a little more depth to the forward lines, and I. They got better defensively. They got Darlene, and they also added Sherry. So, you know, they should be better next year. They will be better next year. There's, no, I don't be. think they're going to finish last place. I mean, I, they shouldn't be at least. If they finish last place next year, I'll eat a chair. <laughs> said that last year. <laughs> oh, geez. Any anything else you guys want to touch on before we get into some questions from Instagram? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm oh. happy with it. Uh, first one comes from ST Stars 09. Thoughts on Ennis being bought out? Honestly, it's just kind of like depressing for me, just because I mean Tyler Ennis was my favorite player, like kind of growing up um, yeah. after like, the Breer Breer Jury era. So um, he was always like a really good guy too. So it mm-hmm. you never really get to see anyone's career kind of come to an end kind of the way that his has, especially a guy that was really talented and hearing some of the struggles that he had going through like his, con- his concussion issues. So um, I don't know. I just hope that he can kind of get on his feet somewhere else, but if not, I think hopefully he should be pretty well off money wise that he can just yeah. you know, stay healthy and do what's best for him. It, mm-hmm. it, it pisses me off too, that the, the the commissioner of the league who somehow made it to the hall of fame despite a terrible track record has the audacity still to deny that CTE is still a thing. Um, but that's, that's besides the point. But, um, Ennis, he, he was, I remember he was the nicest, uh, saber I ever met outside the airport after uh, game two against the flyers a few years ago. But, uh, it, it sucks. I w- I hope, or I wish a team like Edmonton, his hometown would, you know, a team that's desperate like that would give him another shot. But, um, I want to say that he has a future overseas, if anything. Because he'll probably be making, you know, maybe a million dollars if a team does decide to sign him. Edmonton mm-hmm. is in a bit of a cap crunch as it is right now. Yeah. You can help on the wing. You know, that would, you know, put him alongside McDavid. He might be able to turn his career around. Yeah. And I remember thinking, um, man, next year when we get McDavid or Eichel, it's going to be so fun to watch them play with Ennis. And it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next one comes from Joe Johnson. Thirty. What side should Darlene play? Current depth on the left side totally outbalances the right side, and of course, Darlene has played the right side in Sweden. Going back, mm-hmm. when do you guys want to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, yeah. uh, I really think you should probably at least start him on the left side because you know. Playing the right side in Sweden is different than jumping into the NHL right away and playing on your offside. But, you know, of course, give him a couple chances on the right side. It can't hurt, right? So, and I think McCabe has played the right side before, like briefly on the Sabres. I know Gooley can definitely play the right side. You know, I It can't hurt to try it, right? Mm-hmm. I think him playing on the left, uh, that would really be good for his offense too. I think if we're looking for more production out of our defense, then that's the uh, best way to go. I think just they should try him both sides in preseason. Um, mm-hmm. See yeah. like how he'll do on the right. Because I think they do, if you are able to play him on the right, that's definitely an advantage just 
I mean, for flexibility purposes, especially said, just they're a lot more deep on the left side. So if you can get a guy like Pilot into the lineup instead of Casey Nelson, I think you should definitely do that. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's Rasmus Dallin. I think wherever you play him, he's going to be fine. And I think once yeah. he's comfortable, you'll kind of be able to move him around to get other players in. It's a good problem to have because he's he's a dynamic enough player where you could you could put him at either one, and I'm confident he'll he'll excel at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one comes from Matt. He says, "Who can honestly be the future goalie of the franchise from the perspective of Allmark and the attendees at development camp?" I mean, I think who's in the organization right now, other than Olmark and Uko Pekalukinen, you're not really looking at looking at anyone that has really an NHL future. Um, I think next year, depending on how um, UPL does this year, I think you should definitely look at drafting another goalie. I think the Islanders, I mean, it's hard to kind of look at them as uh, uh, in an organization to take after in any facet these days. <laughs> but, um, they do have a lot. Them and Vancouver are both a team with um, some pretty high goalie prospects. I know Vancouver has Demko as well as uh, DiPietro. Yeah, DiPietro. Yeah. And then uh, the Islanders, they have like Sorokin and a few mm-hmm. other guys. Soderstrom. So, yeah, they so, have Sorokin, Soderstrom, yeah. and they just drafted Skerrick in the yeah. fourth or fifth round. Goalies mm-hmm. are just so weird that I think you can never really have enough. And as, you know, as a guy like Olmark is going to go through the reins and get a shot in the NHL, you just need to move. Okay, Uko Pekalukinen is going to move up to the AHL ranks, and then you just need another guy where UPL was this past year that is over in Europe or somewhere developing and just kind of always have a backup plan to the backup plan. So I think out of out of the guys there now, there's really only two, but moving forward, I, th- I think they're in pretty good hands with those two as well. Um, I, you know, I know a lot of people were kind of turned off by Uko Pekalukinen's World Junior performance, and I was talking to, I was sitting next to Chris Baker at the three-on-three thing, and I asked him if he thought anything into that, and I kind of agree with him. It is a tough tournament, and um, for how good Finland's defense was supposed to be, they kind of underwhelmed. They had a ton of talent on that team. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think that um, he's still a a high-end prospect, and um, those are two guys that. I think one of them is going to end up being kind of the franchise goalie for the Sabres. Mm-hmm. I think it's too early to peg Lukanen as the guy of the future because, you know, he's just one year removed from being drafted. And of course, goalies do take longer to develop. I'd give yeah. it at least another year or two before we can officially peg him as the guy of the future. I, I need to see more out of him. Yeah, so goalies, I can say that. They're, it's always tough because they're, they can truly go either way. Unpredictable, really. And there's yeah, like, I mean, Omar could come in and have. I mean, I know Matt Murray just came in in the playoffs, but I mean, he could come in and have like a crazy year like that. Like, we really don't even know what Omar is yet. So, yeah, I mean, he's had a good sample size. The game against Columbus last year. Even yeah, he, like, I thought he fared well whenever he's played in the NHL. Yeah, and going he, back he's to looked like he, years ago. He's looked like an NHL goalie. Yeah, in my opinion, there's nothing that stood out his game that needs you know that has really looked like a true game-breaking weakness. And as far as keep drafting goalies, you can never have enough goal- That's true. goalie prospects. It, mm. At one point, Andre Makarov was pegged as the goalie of the future here. Yeah. Like, just let that sink in. Like, <laughs> it can change on a dime. I remember really someone... Keep stocking the cupboard. I'm a huge fan of uh, Charlie Lindgren, and I hope he becomes something in Montreal. But I remember I posted on the... 
uh, Canadians subreddit one time, and a guy a guy asked me. It was, it was a thread about Lindgren that I posted, and the guy asked me uh, whatever happened to Makarov, and I was like, <laughs> I didn't even know he was that big of a deal, <laughs> and uh, apparently he was. Well, yeah, he was the goalie <laughs> for Russia at the World Juniors like I don't know, five or six years ago, and he won the gold medal. I think he was he was amazing. Like I still follow him on Instagram. The goal of the future. And then, <laughs> then when he was on his way out here, he was like calling Tim Murray racist towards Russians. I'm like, yeah. what the heck? how about you play better, man? Don't blame it on. <laughs> Good old Timmy being, you know, oh, those days are gone. Thank <laughs> they're God. gone. They're all gone. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that anymore. Okay, I, we, this was posted a day ago, but uh, Dustin asked, "What's the next move?" Of course, they brought in Carter Hutton. Now they traded Ryan O'Reilly, but is there another move to be made here? Uh I think depth signings. I think I'd like to add another defenseman. Because thinking about who who we can call up, uh, pilot or is pilot the only one that come yeah pilot is really the only one. Will Borgen too. Will Borgen, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Brandon Hickey as well. I think when it's all said and done, done by the end of next season, Olafson and Pilot will be on the team like mm-hmm. as regulars. I would not be surprised at all. I think Olafson absolutely. His Olofsson, shot. Is honestly, I think we're the first call ups. Honestly, I think Asplund has a better chance than Olafson. I think, especially at the three-on-three, and really just in general, just looking at like their draft position and kind of what they did besides for this past year in the SHL, Asplin is the better player. Um, Olafson definitely has like the higher ceiling offensively when it comes to just like his goal scoring ability, and I really don't, I wouldn't put it past him. Like honestly, I like I wouldn't be surprised. Olafson's just such a weird prospect. Like I wouldn't be surprised if. He wasn't able to translate to the NHL, but I also wouldn't be surprised if you put him with Eichel and he scored like 40 goals next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, th- I think Asplin is definitely like further ahead though. Um, just like as an all around player. And he's definitely someone that honestly, like I, I don't think that he would have any trouble starting the year with the team, but just, you know, he's, he's another guy that's going to start in the Rochester. He should this. get some games next year. I would assume. You know, mm-hmm. just to try him out, give him five games or so. Why not? Uh, next question comes from Ben. He says, first year letter grade for Jason Bottrell. Oh, boy. B minus. Think that's fair? I don't know. I think I'd, say, yeah, I'd, say, I'd say like B, B minus just because yeah. like yeah. there were moves that weren't like particularly bad. It's just that they didn't work out. Like the bowl you trade, like it's not that it was bad. It just it didn't work you out. didn't work out. Right, exactly. right. That's a good question. That's a very good question. That's that's the bowl you trade. That it was a guy who was drafted in the first round in 2011. Like, like I still, I still have no problem with that trade. I would do that over again any day, and I would do it again tomorrow if a player. I mean, I that was basically like the exact same thing as the Shiri trade. I think Shiri just had obviously more of a proven background, but it really you're doing the exact same thing. You're trading a pick for a cheap player that is able to come in. Matt Fair Hunwick way. is another guy too that can fill in. I, I don't even think he'll be. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in Rochester. Cause like yeah. Nelson has to go through waivers. I don't know if they would want to waive him because you know, he's a guy that might get claimed, but he seems more like an under the radar guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he'd be able to pass through, but you know, if you wave Hunwick, he's going to Rochester. No one's going to pick up that right. contract. Yeah, I'd go B as well. I'm just going to see. Uh, 
Populist Borg says, does our boy Vasily Glotov finally get a pro contract? <laughs> I don't think he will. I don't know. Maybe an AHL deal. I just don't think that the Sabres are going to give him an ELC, but maybe a Rochester contract. Yeah, I don't in the future. I don't see the Sabres giving him a deal. Um, I, I hope that the Rochester Americans give him uh, an AHL deal. He is like a dynamic player to watch, and I definitely think that he's better than where he went in the draft. Um, I just don't – I don't know how he projects like in the long term and – really is like a complete player. So I don't know. I think that there's enough there to kind of see what you have and see what he could do in the AHL with his speed and hands and everything. Um, but that's other than that, I don't, I don't see much. Okay. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, thank you for listening. Of course, uh, you can go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the charging buff. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe TCB NHL. Uh, if you guys want to, Shout out your social media accounts. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I am at Luke TCB. That is L V K E TCB on Twitter. Uh, and then it's just Jared NHL. And it's just the, the A in that Jared is an X. So thank you for joining us, Jared. This is really fun. This is yeah, the most yeah. fun I had in here in a while. I hope you had fun too. Yeah. You got to come back on again in the future. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Too. No problem. Anytime, and of anytime. course, uh, <laughs> check out our website, chargingbuffalo.net. We've been pumping mm-hmm. out a lot of our articles. Yes. We all have a piece on our top prospects probably tomorrow. Probably some trade stuff coming out soon, too. Yes. New yes. trade. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll probably be back, I don't know, in a week or two, bring out another podcast. Maybe something fun like we did last week with the Jersey draft. Oh, yeah. I, I, still, I still stand by my decision. No, by the way, Ed, picking the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> jerseys first overall. I'm sorry, that's just yeah, that's a bold move. I, I yeah. love them. My favorite color is orange. My favorite color is orange. All right, I that mean that's. <laughs> yeah, I it's like my jersey. Team. I want I, to wear. I had the best team, and I won the Twitter poll. I won the Twitter poll. Yeah, well, Very, by a vast margin as well. I'm pretty sure I voted for you as well on that. So, uh, yes. uh, well, okay. I voted yeah. for myself. <laughs> I didn't vote. I didn't vote. I was proud. Oh, okay. For myself. Ah, uh, well. Okay. Yep. This has been Charging Buffalo Podcast. Signing off. Have a good one. Peace.